What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, talking some NFL playoff weekend with Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Bird, how tough was it to watch for you yesterday with Cincinnati right there, tied at 20, and... Uh, well, then it didn't happen, and uh, Twitter's still on fire about the officiating. Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, I think that was the first game that I've, you know, I'm always, I'm always invested. I've always been invested in what Zach's done once he's been in the NFL, and you know, I, I, it's given me a better, you know, obviously I, I lived that life for a little bit, and uh, and to be honest, I'm not a huge. I was. I haven't been a huge fan of, of watching um, NFL football in the past. I've been definitely more of a, a college guy. But just you know, following him and obviously now the success he's had with the Bengals, I thoroughly enjoy and look forward to watching any and every game I can when the, when the Bengals play. And yesterday, I honestly felt like <laughs> my reactions were the same as to when I watched Nebraska play. So it's, it's pretty cool just being that. Uh, emotionally invested into uh, you know a former teammate and a, and a, a really good friend uh, to their success, and uh, it, it, I think anyone in my position is. I mean, I'm not the only guy. I mean, there's multiple other. You know, there's hundreds of other teammates and, and friends. He's. he's I'm, I'm pretty sure they're they're all the same. So, yeah, it, it hurt. It won. This one felt like a punch in the gut because you felt like they had the momentum there, and you know they're just you know it's tied 2020 and. They got a punt, and you know the the punter gets a hell of a kickoff, almost outkicks his coverage. Now, might have been a block in the back there. On that, that's one of the missed calls that kind of I'm still scratching my head on on the gunner, you know. And they, but they they made the play. You know, they had a couple good returns there in the game that get that the Chiefs got some good field position. But if you look at it from a, as a whole, and I'm kind of just taking the officiating out of side. I know it was 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 weighted one you know heavily one way to the other um i think it was what nine calls by the nine penalties on the Bengals, the five to the chiefs and you know not, not all penalties are, are created are called the same you know it's obviously the timing and and what kind of penalties they are but i mean the Bengals offensive line struggled they I mean, they struggled chris jones had a day and i know i, I and i know the, the uh, spag the defensive coordinator you know, he was pretty good at, at game planning this one. He, he's he's really good at getting guys one on one and finding those those matchups. And I think they they exploited uh, Cincinnati a little bit there. And but you know, looking looking you know at, towards the first half, you know, Kansas or uh, excuse me, Cincinnati only gets uh, six points, two trips in the red zone. That's you can't have that. You got to get points, especially when Kansas City was like 31st in red zone defense all year. So you'd like to just getting a touchdown, getting seven points out of one of those drives, I think this game's dramatically different. I don't know about dramatically, but it's, it's, I think Cincinnati wins this football game. But, yeah, it was, it, this one hurt. It, it's, uh, 
they're so close. They've been playing well for so long. You know, the 10, you know, 10 consecutive wins and things were just kind of clicking on all cylinders offensively, obviously dealing with, dealing with uh, the injuries to the offensive line and, and, you know, having to find guys to plug and play and, and obviously playing so well last week in, in Buffalo and you think they'd hopefully be able to ride the momentum, but I'll tell you what, it's hard, man. It's hard going on the road back to back weeks, playing the top two seeds and, and trying to win. I know they did it last year, but it's, it's just a tough, it's a tough situation, and uh, you got to tip your hat, though. I mean, Mahomes is pretty darn good, uh, it, even with that ankle. So, obviously, would like to see, like to see uh, the Bengals on top and going to Arizona playing another Super Bowl. But hey, you know they're going to be back again as long as Burrow's healthy and they got all those weapons, and hopefully they can bolster the offensive line again this off season. They're going to be back there again, and and I can't wait to to, to cheer them on and, and watch them again. Were you surprised, or is it what you expected from Zach on the sideline? He got as animated as I've seen him, but he wasn't ever over the line. He didn't lose it. Are you surprised he kept his composure like he did? No, not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Zach's he's a pretty cool and calm, level-headed guy. He's not a high head by any means. That's the angriest you'll see him ever get when you know they get the stop on third down. And then you have the back judge that doesn't blow his whistle, just runs on the field and thinks play's going to stop when no one's even looking at him, you know. And so I get that. I get that frustration and <laughs> not knowing why. Cause no one heard a thing. Usually, even on the TV, that there's a whistle, you can hear it. You might not be able to hear it on the field, but the on-field mics are so good that you can hear the whistle. There was no whistle that was blown. So I get the frustration there. Whether you know, rightfully so. The clock, obviously, the, the previous play was an incomplete pass. And they had to respot the ball, but the clock started running and they respotted it. Shouldn't have because it was an incomplete pass. So I understand it, but it's just just the sloppiness of it all and not a good explanation by the head ref, the or head umpire, you know, when he was kind of explaining the situation. Like, wait, what? So this is now that happened on that third down play. So it's fourth down. Oh, no. That third down play never happened, and you're just like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> and, and then, and then you get the sack right on Mahomes. Well, now I think they got Eli Apple for the holding call. That was a hold. It was a hold, and so it's just you know, it, it was like there was. I could I could get I I would have been the same way. I'd, I'd have been equally as frustrated. He has every right to be frustrated. It, that was a, that was a pivotal part of the game, and you give him another chance. Uh, just because you know, and I, I understand the clock situation. I do, but you're just you're giving a really good team at home more opportunities to win this football game, and at a critical time and at, at the, a certain point of field position. That bat, you know, those close games, field position is everything. So I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised by his level. He's he's a, he's pretty cool and calm, but uh, I I think he has every right to be as pissed off as he was. Well, Jay, I think if yesterday proved anything to me, it's that we are well overdue for the NFL finally getting full-time referees and not to stand up for the refs, but it's absurd that the most valuable professional sports league in America is the only one that doesn't have full-time referees. These guys are going to work in a day job Monday through Friday, and then they're hopping on a flight on Saturday and going and refing the AFC championship game on Sunday. It just doesn't feel right that uh, an organization that's worth billions and billions of dollars is still the professional sports league in North America that is yet to have full-time referees. Yeah. I, 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 I see both sides. 
and the NFL is the only one that plays one game a week. Now you look at hockey and Major League Baseball and NBA; they're playing multiple games a week. So you know you got there's a lot of there's a lot of shuffling around of, of referees and crews and and so on and so forth. Yeah, it, but it, the thing is too is a lot of these you know these referee crews are very successful lawyers, businessmen, you name it, accountants, very detailed people, and that was a very undetailed game. It was sloppy the way they called it. It just did not. It just seemed like in a game like that, it's just too. There's they're so heavily involved, and you'd like to see you know referees swallow their whistles in certain situations, whether it's at the end of basketball games. I know in baseball games it's vastly different. Uh, hockey, I'm not. <laughs> well, hockey's different. I'm not too up to speed on what happens in a hockey game. But you know, late late in NFL, late in uh, big time championship football games too. You know, sometimes you got to let the players just make the plays. Now you want to whether that was a 15 yard, you know, the roughing that you know on Mahomes, the late hit is close. You know, I I honestly think if if it's not Patrick Mahomes, I I don't think it probably gets called. And I know I feel terrible for for the 58 from uh, from the Bengals. I mean, he was just trying to make a play he played his tail off all game he played really good and he looked like he was trying to hold up and kind of tripped and stumbled and then uh, there might have been a little flopping out of Mahomes. wouldn't be surprised if that was the case in that situation but it's just it's hard it's it's hard when you're making such minute call or such fine detailed calls at such critical junctures of, of games um I could go either way on the rough on the late hit call. I can see it. I can see it both ways, but in today's day and age, you know, those things are going to get called, and it just hurts more. You know, the Bengals side that happened that happened to them. I know if the Chiefs fans are you know are, are clearly saying, "Yep, that was that was a roughing. That that was there, that was a late hit. That that needs to get called." And I, I I understand. I fully understand it. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward with you know some of the rule changes and how like the NFL likes to adapt change rules you know we already saw overtime rules change after last year you know with San Francisco situation hey can we have a third quarterback suit up and not count towards you know the the 46 guys you're able to dress on game day you know and for situations like that you know I think that needs gets uh needs gets changed back I think that's the way the way it was in previous years but that needs to get changed back and so there'll be there are always going to be tweaks um, that come out of and it's always come out of these big games, you know the, the AFC games or the, or the AFC NFC championship games or the division round playoffs. Some of the tweaks that that come. Let me have to see if they do hire NFL referees full time or not, because they it just they they're only calling they're only doing one game a week and that's for you know you call you want to do preseason so on and so forth. You know Cleet Blakeman, you know him really well. He's just he's just calling 17 or 18 games. A week, and he's he's a lawyer in Omaha. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Jay Moore is with us. Jay, uh, your old buddy Sue is back in the Super Bowl, Philly. Real quick thought here on Philly, Kansas City. Before we talk Huskers, yeah, I, I like man. Philly's good. They are really good. It would be interesting to see if Purdy was able to stay healthy. What that looked like, you know, that game. But I tell you what, that putting thirty-one up on a really good one of the best defenses in the NFL. That is, they, they provide so many issues just with the RPO game and Hertz mobility and just the, the weapons they have with Goddard and Smith and AJ Brown and 
uh, Sanders at running back, and you got a really good offensive line with Kelsey. So it's it's pretty fun to watch them go about their business. And then guess what? They get really good defense too. Let you know with Sue and uh, you know you just a lot of young a lot of young talent uh, on that defense. I like them over the Chiefs. They'll be interesting. You know, Chiefs are banged up. They're just banged up wide receivers, secondary. Let's see if Mahomes can get healthy over the next couple of weeks when this game's played. But early on, uh, I like I like Philly in this one. They they definitely have played the best and been the most dominant team all year long. I don't see that changing in a matter of two weeks. Jay Moore is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Talking some NFL, the championship weekend, uh, Chiefs and Eagles advancing to the Super Bowl. We'll have more with Jay coming your way after the break as uh, we're going to talk some Huskers still. Uh, and uh, we'll also have Charlie McBride joining us leading off hour two. And uh, at some point this show, we'll also recap Schmidt and I's steak and a beer bets that we made on Friday. Who is getting the steak and a beer from the other? We will find out a little bit later today as I'm looking at the sheet right now and I'm uh, a little bit nervous. Anyway, we'll have more with Jay Moore coming your way after the break. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few more minutes. Jay Moore with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Blackshirt Husker NFL are at Jay Moore. 44 on Twitter. Co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, uh, get a switch here and talk some Nebraska football. Got a chance to meet uh, Coach Potros, Terrence Knighton today. And what what is it about defensive line coaches? What's a what's a key trait that's got to be part of it between your time with Coach Blake? We we're all big fans of Coach Kaz, and and, and Pot Rose comes on in with uh, well with a whole world of of NFL experience playing and coaching, but now he's got to translate that uh, to the college level. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is you've had to play the position at a fairly high level. Now, I, whether your D-line or or like, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Kaz an offensive lineman? Yeah, he, he was, he was yeah, a center at Notre Dame. Yeah, correct. So I think you have to play either or at a high level. And I, have, I love Kaz. I think he, he was a, uh, a hell of a football coach. I loved the way he operated. Just a technician and, and totally got it. He was an offensive lineman. So I, I think you have to – Played either position at a very high level to understand to to equate it to division one, you know, a division one player. Because it's just you you can't put a DB in there and, and teach D line. You can't put a running back. You can't put a tight end. You have to know what it's like to be in a three technique or in a, a a shade over the center, and you're you're taking on a double team with a power or a counter or how, there's so many things you have to play. It's such a totally different position than anyone else. You know, no one else gets in a three-point stance. No one else has to, uh, is hitting someone every play. So you have to live it. You've had to live that life, and, and Coach Knight has. I mean, at the highest and at the best of the levels. The highest of the levels and and uh, is won championships doing it. So that's, that's, that's my main criteria for a really good defensive line or all-line coaches. You've had, you've had to live it and done it at a high level to really – uh, give that value and create that value back to your players and, and be able to coach them up the right way. Tell me, Jay, what kind of differences are there between being an off or a defensive lineman in college and being a defensive lineman in the NFL? What 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 differences are there between those two? And then what unique experiences can Terrence Knighton bring from that NFL experience and bring it to a defensive line room that you know the average college defensive line coach might not have? Yeah, I, I think the main difference. I mean, 
from techniques and understanding alignment and assignment, it's not that it's not that vastly different. It's just fine tuning your techniques. You know, guys in the NFL play with such great pad level and hands, and they have such good feet. Uh, you know, they're they under and they understand. I think that what separates the two is understanding pass pass protections and the run games and how offensive linemen are trying to get you to do certain things. And I think you once you learn that, understand those things, it, you can be that a, a half a step quicker, which makes all the world of difference. And you're talking in the NFL because you're able to beat that guard to a spot. To, to secure your gap or, you know, maybe he, you know, oversets you and you're able to go back door on him, get attacked. There's just so many things, you know, what's coming as a field to where in college you're, you know, you just, you aren't that far advanced. You don't trust it as much. You might have a good understanding of it, but you're still, you're, you're trying to, you know, stick within the game plan. I think once you get to NFL and it definitely helps when you, you know, you play teams in your division twice a year to where you're able to, you know what they're doing. You know certain calls. You know how certain linemen sit. You know, and in college, it's it's almost like a rotating. You're not playing the same guys every year. You know, you're always playing. Majority of the guys are, are vastly different. I mean, you could play in the NFL, you know, for for five, six, seven years and see a lot of the same type of coaches, players. Uh, so you can kind of get you can learn. A, you can pick up on some things, which is is pretty cool. But I would definitely say the vast difference between the two is just understanding run game protections uh, and pass protections. Jay Moore is with us. Jay, Nebraska getting another commit for 2023. Sua Lefutu out of California, 6'4", 285. Uh, St. John Bosco out of California, his uh, his high school, and they're going to figure out where, where he can thrive. Three technique, can shade him on the guard, can shade him also uh, on the offensive tackle. Uh, what does that versatility say? He's thicker than some of the other linemen they brought in, and uh, it sounds like he's got pretty good feet and a pretty good burst. Yeah, I, I imagine they're trying to find guys for that, you know, that three-three-five, you know, and and finding the right guys who can even put find those those three. And you're probably hoping you have, you know, nine to twelve guys that you can kind of say, okay, these guys fit. And I don't know. if, they have those currently if they view that I, I would think so you know guys like ty robinson and 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 so on and so forth i, I would think there's some guys that fit but I'm, i imagine they're just trying to guy, grab guys who are going to be able to fit what tony white wants to do and what coach knighton wants to do within this defense going forward in, in 2023 so they're they're just trying to grab you know get guys who you know, fit is such a is is a is a key word in this in seeing them and I I know they're not you know there's they don't have stars that are you know jumping off the page I think they're just trying to find the find the trying to find the right people and players to fit what they want and how they can develop and so I think this is a guy that says okay perfect he seems like he can fit right in this this three-man front that we want to play within our scheme and if we don't have you know if we, and if we even don't we have to go to a four-man just because we don't like what we have currently He's still able to play. That's 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 the biggest thing. Is you get guys. You know, he seems like a guy he could play a shade. You know, and I really say shade. That's like a one technique or a zero. That's over the center. Or you can play a three technique or a two eye or whatever it may be. Or you're playing more of a guard. So I think it's a guy who's who's kind of a Swiss Army knife. I think kind of play both inside positions. 
you know, Lafutu is a, a three-star, and he played at the number one school, according to, to Max Preps, 13-1. and one. Uh, They won the, the California playoffs, and a lot of his teammates are at Georgia, at Oregon, at, at different high-level spots. Uh, your thought on the benefit of, of grabbing a kid from a program like that? It's big because you get some kids that are – kind of big fish small pond and they might struggle initially when they get to campus because all of a sudden there's big fish around them right away now he's had some some big fish around him in that pond as well at this high school and i think that just helps from a competitive nature Uh, i'm sure his play has been elevated vastly already at at the high school level just because of the success of that 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 team so that means there's probably some high level coaching going on there that is damn near near a Division One level, and then you're playing against elite high school talent already. So now that's going to equate even better because, guess what? It's not a shock to the system that you're going against you know grown men now in college, and you're you might have been beaten up on you know 230 pound guards in high school. Now you're probably going against like 275, 280 guys that are pretty close to how a Division One guard or or a center may be. So I think that will equate. I think he'll be able to um, develop rather quickly. I would hope so. Um, and this is all obviously speculation, but I, I think that would he would be able to transfer those skills, uh, you know, rather, you know, quicker than than the later. Jay Moore's with us. Jay will get caught up again. Talk some more Super Bowl down the road. Thanks for a few minutes. Yep, always a pleasure, boys.